Welcome to episode number 21 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name is Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today is going to be a really fantastic conversation because I've invited on someone who I love, and her name is Dr. Tamsin Astor, and she is your chief habit scientist, which means that she takes habits and helps you use them to your advantage so that you can create your version of living the good life. That's at least how I interpret it. And so I invited her here because I want her to share some of her brilliance and wisdom around how, if you want to start something new, if you want to take a leap, how you can use habit science to support you in that. Um, so welcome. So good Thank to you. see you. I'm so excited that you're here. Not to mention <laughs> the fact that I love Tamsin Astor as a human because she's lovely. Um, and, and we go way back. Um, but I, I love that you're here. Okay. So first and foremost, to give people an intro kind of of who you are, what you do first, before we go any further. Sure, sure. So my name's uh, Dr. Tamsin Astor and I'm Chief Habit Scientist and I help people connect their daily habits to their big, juicy life and business vision. And the way I do that is with a kind of East meets West approach. So looking at the, the neuroscience of your habits, how your brain's working, how the hormones work, all of that kind of juicy stuff that is really important. And then I weave that in with some of the Ayurveda and yoga um, philosophy and practices. And Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga and it means the science of life and if you're familiar with traditional chinese medicine it's somewhat similar to that but the basic lens with that is to look at your energetic profile and understand that and make decisions within that framework so that you're not pushing against something that is not your nature and then connecting that to the bigger vision like you know what does life look like for you and not what life should look like for you not what should you want because of your age your gender your degree what you're currently doing what your church says what your mom says all of that shit it's what you want what excites you what legacy do you want to leave what impact do you want to have what kind of world are you trying to create and be part of mm, yes that's got a lot we can unpack quite a bit there <laughs> <laughs> of course we can okay tell me about just let's give them now dial it back a little bit and tell let's come back to the basics of habit science and just tell them what like what is what is the science habits as i think some people like me were probably like what the fuck it's just a habit like right, right. That's, right. That's and that's <laughs> And that's why we end up struggling so much, right? Is we think a habit is just a behavior, but the, a habit is actually made up of three parts. There's the cue, the thing that triggers the actual habit, the action, the behavior, the habit, the thing that we all know about, the thing we're doing, the thing we're trying to do, the thing we're trying to stop doing. And then the R, the reward is what are you getting out of it? And what trips a lot of people up is they go straight to the action. They're like, I'm going to add exercise to my life, or I'm going to stop eating bonbons and watching three episodes of Netflix every night rather than just watching one episode of Netflix with a cup of tea or whatever, right? And so we're not looking at the cue, the thing that's triggering it, the person, the place, the emotion, the preceding event, the time, right? Those five cues that trigger the behavior. And we're not looking at the reward. What am I getting out of it? Am I getting a dopamine hit because I'm getting the likes on the, on the gram, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting a sugar hit? Am I getting social interaction? Like, what am I getting out of this? And so when we're looking at changing and understanding habits, it's really important to understand the two bits on either side. And this also plays into how the brain is actually firing and what's actually going on in the brain when we're trying to do this. 
Wait, why? Because the brain is wired in this way or like why? Because there are different areas of the brain that are involved in this, right? So the brain evolved up and forward, right? So we started with the brain stem and the brain evolved up. So the most evolved part of the brain is this bit right here, the prefrontal cortex. And this is important for habits because the cue and the rewards, the bits on either end, are happening more up here in the prefrontal cortex, whereas the actual behavior is happening in a less evolved part of the brain, in the basal ganglia, which means we have less access to it, which means that when habits are created, which our brain is trying to do to help us, right? Our brain's like, let me automate that shit for you. I see you're doing it quite a lot. Brain's agnostic, does not care, just notices a repetition of actions and goes, okay, I'm going to connect these all. And I'm going to remove you having to think about it or notice it so that I can create more energy and space in your brain. So your brain is trying to be helpful, right? Which is why we create these things. But the problem is, is that once these habits are in place, once the neural connections are made, once they are heavily myelinated, which means that the connection between them is stronger and faster, it's harder to break, right? Right, right. And wait, so this is this is explains why things like giving up gluten, especially mm-hmm. if you're the person right. who finds some reward with gluten, or there's a nice dopamine ha- hit after right. it, right? Or right. giving up smoking, why this can be particularly right. challenging. Yeah, right. Because you might have connected the smoking with having coffee or with having a friend or with getting in your car at the end of the day or having had a row with someone, this is this is what you do, right? So you're connecting it to an emotion, you're connecting it to a time, you're connecting it to a preceding event. And so your brain is not thinking, I'm gonna do this. It just goes into this automatic habit loop, right? And because the action is in a less evolved part of the brain, we have a much harder time accessing it. So if you really want to change your habits, you want to look at what are the cues, what are the situations that are triggering this habit cycle? Huh, when I'm with this person, I find myself always doing this. At this time of day, I find myself always doing this, right? And then what is the reward? What am I getting out of it? So when you look at those two ends, that's when you can get into it and have some fun, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like then it's more, there are more levers to pull in essence or mm-hmm. ways to exert control versus just saying, I'm just going to get up at 5.45 AM every day and walk and hope, fucking hope that it works. Yeah, right. 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 Hope I become the person who walks at right. 5.45 AM. Right. So you could look at the queue and you could say, what could I do to make that easier? Right. I could go to bed earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. I could set up some stimuli around my bed, like my running shoes, my charged headphones. And then maybe I could set up a reward. Like if I do this, I'm going to go and get myself a delicious, you know, matcha latte, which normally I wouldn't go and do because it's five bucks. But if I do it, the thing I've committed to, which is to get up early and exercise, I'm going to give myself the reward because when we're cultivating a new habit, the reward sometimes takes a while to fit in. Like, so we all know like the new year's resolution that most people do is like, I'm going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first few days you go to the gym, you're like, Oh, but then after a while you start to feel good, right? Like your pants slide over your ass a little better. You have mm-hmm. a little bit more energy. And so the reward starts to become the behavior itself, but sometimes it's hard to stick. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing something that has no relationship to it can help stimulate it. Like we can, 
potty training a kid, right? Like your kids, my kids don't need the gold sticker, the Lego toy, the the thing anymore, the reward. Like the reward is entering the bladder and not pissing their pants, right? <laughs> yes. Having dry undies. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So, so we could, so there's lots of levers to pull, like lots of ways to influence it. And um, I'm curious, like, how does this, how does it help you to be a person? Cause we talk a lot about, you know, this podcast is clearly called nurses living the good life. We talk a lot about becoming nurses who can live the good life today, right. With our thinking and with our, the actions that we take and taking ma- massive action, but how, how does using habits to your advantage, using cues, building the rewards in, how does that play into helping someone live the good life? Do you think? So I think one of the biggest things is that we make 35,000 decisions every day. So if you can create intentional habits based on the life you're trying to create, right? So you go, I know that if I exercise every day, I'm going to feel better. I know that if I get eight hours sleep a day, seven hours sleep, I'm going to feel better, right? So whatever that habit is that you're trying to commit to and you understand its value, right? By creating intentional patterns around it, by creating a habit, you're removing the decision making right? When you remove the decision-making and the willpower, which we all know requires a huge amount of effort, you're creating more mental space for joy, for pleasure, for activism, for time with your kids, for getting a pedicure, for, you know, lying in the grass and smelling the dandelions, like whatever it is that's going to turn you on and make your life feel good. You're going to be creating more time and energy for doing that Mm -hmm. by creating these automatic habits. When you improve when you consistently reward yourself for doing something do you then increase the myelination like do you re like is that your the rebuilding of the neural pathway and and rewarding yourself is an important part of that process right so reward is basically just a way to kind of affirm the loop (laughs) right yeah okay right so you know if doing the habit itself is rewarding and you don't need an external reward it doesn't matter and it doesn't you know the point of creating a reward that's not tied to the thing is if you're struggling so i say to people like don't fix it if it's not broken right Mm -hmm. if you know that when you start exercising again within a few days you feel good you don't need to create an external reward that external reward piece is useful if you're struggling Mm -hmm. and also related to that it's like know thyself right some Mm -hmm. of my clients will love saying you know i'm going to create a reward where if if i do this practice every day for 28 days i'm going to go get myself you know a $200 massage facial spa day, right? Other people are like, I need to do the damn thing every day, right? Like that's the only way it's gonna reward me, right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing with creating habits long-term is consistency. You know, the way our brains work, it's much easier to create a habit if you do it every single day. And so the difficulty with that is a lot of the people are like, I can't exercise every day. I don't have time on my schedule. I've got to be at work at 5 a.m. Like this is not going to work. So I say, okay, do the habit every day, but make it elastic. And what I mean by that is make it shorter or longer, but still do it every day, right? Mm-hmm. So exercise one day might be five, five push-ups or holding a plank for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Exercise the next day might be a 60-minute yoga class. Exercise the next day might be, you know, a two-hour like walk in the national parks or the metro parks with your kids and your dog, right? Exercise the next day might be a 45-minute Pilates class. Exercise the next day might be a 15-minute hip video. The point is, is that you've committed to moving every single day. You're going to be elastic 
about how much time you spend on it. While maintaining accountability to yourself. Right. Right. How about like deciding, how about, how do habits help us in, we talk a lot about in nurses and women who cultivate, um, about how deciding to become the person who exercises, deciding to become the person who builds the private practice and who, you know, doesn't give a fuck about all the reasons why that her brain offers to her about why it's not possible. It's going to be very hard and why she shouldn't. How can habit science then support us in the process of becoming, which I think you kind of already answered, but like, especially if you're building, I'm curious, cause you built your own business. I built my business. How can habit science support us there in terms of building a business? So I think there's, you know, the three parts of this that are really important. One is to have the, the bigger goal in mind, like your big why, you know, if you're not clear on your big why you'll fall off. Right. And that's one of the, one of the reasons often why by February, 92% of people have fallen off their new year's resolution, which is where we get a lot of the habit science data from. Right. And if you don't have a big why, you know, when the alarm goes off at 4am or 5am in Cleveland in the February and you're like, fuck this, I'm not getting up to exercise. If you don't have the big end in, in mind of having a healthy body is going to allow me to be the mother I want to be, is going to allow me to be the partner I want to be, it's going to allow me to have the energy for my business, you know, all of the bigger whys that drive you to do the thing you're doing it can be hard to keep it going, right? So that's one piece is having that bigger vision in mind is really, really key to this work. Mm -hmm. The second is to be also really clear around the mindset, right? Which are the, I call like the mental habits piece of this, right? Are you talking yourself out of this? Are you letting other people talk yourself out of it, right? And how resilient are you to the, the swirl and shit of your personal life and then the bigger plane of what's going on in the world and politics, right? And how do you quote unquote, inoculate yourself to this, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing about creating a lot of these habits is you can think about it as creating systems, right? The more you create systems that don't require decisions and don't require willpower, a little bit like Mel Robbins with her 54321, right? Yeah. If you have these systems in place to push you into action, it's easier to keep going. Yeah. And I think for us as business owners, um, there's, there's so much like, there's so much value in being that person who commits to consistency, who commits to having the bigger vision in place, having the why be very clear. This is one of the reasons, and I'm looking behind my um, uh, MacBook, but like I have my mission posted. It's very clear, right? To change the world by nurses for nurses. Like it's a, it's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It helps me get going when I feel a little bit off. Um, so aligning with that really feels good. And it feels like it's motivating and feels very inspirational. And then I think this other part of like the mindset piece of being very choosy and intentional about um, <laughs> the sources, the, the inputs, mm -hmm. um, all of the um, noise, Yeah, you know, being very intentional about putting in the AirPods and putting them on noise cancellation and being like, no, yeah. I won't, I don't allow that to come in. I don't allow it to come past my barrier, you know, yeah. um, can be so supportive. Um what do you think where people, where's like when they start to do new habits or try to get going, where's the place where they get stopped up the most, do you think? 
I think a lot of the time people forget that they don't operate in a vacuum, right? So there's all the stuff in the media, 21 days to a new habit, 30 days to a new habit, you know, blah, 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 like you can just do it. It's super easy, right? Everybody can create habits, you know, forgetting that, you know, your kid might get sick, you might get COVID, your partner might not be on board, you might be a single parent, blah, 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 blah right? You may be overtaken with emotions about what's going on with Roe v. Wade or Black Lives Matter or whatever, you know, all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. And so a big part of it is learning to navigate the energy around that, right? Navigate the resiliency around that, navigate the way you move through that. Yeah. Like showing yourself compassion in those moments. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And being graced and giving yourself grace, you know, which is why the big thing as well is like, is, is how much can you create systems so that when all these things fall apart, you can turn back, you can look and go, you know, yes, I've done this habit every day for 22 days and I fell off, right? So what I say to people is, you know, when you want to create a new habit, put it on your calendar and treat the commitment to yourself like you would to taking your kid to the dentist or taking yourself to, you know, your annual OBGYN check or whatever it is, right? Um, treat your commitments to yourself like you do to other people, right? And that's not narcissistic or selfish. It's you filling your cup so that you can do the things that you love to do so that you can complete that bigger vision mission part of your life. Yeah, Second, yes. get everyone around you on board with it, right? It's really fucking hard to do these things on your own. And it's even harder if you live with somebody who's not on board with it, right? So, you know, cultivating the community who like buys into what you're doing and is going to go, yes, keep going. You've got this. It's another really big key part of that, right? So making space and availability on your calendar, getting people around you on board, and then just giving yourself grace when it all falls apart. Yeah, because it will. Yeah. And right. And not making it be a meaning about you as a failure. It's like, yes, I failed to get to the gym for three days. That does not mean I'm a failure. Yeah. That and means I'm you, a fat, terrible person. No. Right. right. No. And, you know, and if you look at like, you know, most people are visual learners. So what I say to people sometimes is like, have a visual chart, like even target sells like post-it notes with like 30 day checkoffs on, or like, you know, those free calendars you get when they're trying to get you to donate to a charity, hang it on the wall and make a check every time you do that thing. Because if you fall off the wagon, you can look at it and go, huh, I, I've proved to myself I can do that 12 days in a row. I've proved to myself that I can do that 48 days in a row. I've proved to myself that in the last month I did it 24 times. Mm -hmm. Just because I haven't done it in two days or in a week doesn't mean I haven't got it within me, right? So you look back at that visual proof and you're like, Rah. Yeah. And I, this is, I mean, using your, right. The realities of brain science to your benefit, which is using confirmation bias, right. Mm -hmm. I do it with making offers to clients, mm -hmm. right. I know that the basis of my business is that I, it's hard to build a business when one doesn't make offers, yeah. right. Offer, right. Like it's right. just hard, right. right? It doesn't right. Like, people don't come out of the woodwork. And like, if you don't offer them, uh, make an offer to support them, they may never know it's available to them. So if I commit to being the person who builds a business, I commit to making offers. And one of the things I think is helpful is to see the jar of, you know, marbles or uh, like the visual cue for me is, oh, when my brain offers me, this is terrible. You're never going to get there. So hard about building a business. I can look at it at the visual reminder and say, oh yeah, there's 35 marbles in the jar, which means that I've made 35 offers to people. Mm -hmm. Some of them said yes, some of them said no, it's okay. Right. But I'm when I say that to my brain, 
And then my brain says, wait, are you sure? And I say, no, 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 I've actually made offers. And I look at the jar and I say, oh, I use confirmation bias to my benefit. I say, oh, no, no, no. Let me show my brain the evidence that in fact, right. yes, I did that. I did that hard thing. Yeah, I'm still standing. Totally. I'm well, still totally. Standing. Right. And that's the, you know, our brains are designed to look for what's not working, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, our brains are designed to like scan the savannah for the, you know, the woolly mammoth, the saber toothed tiger, <laughs> right? You know, and that's how we're still designed, right? So that's one of the reasons I also get my clients to brag. I'm like, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, be like, fuck yeah, I did that thing. Yeah. You know, I get my clients to send me photos. I'm like, like, of like, look, I made it to the gym. Look, I'm running on the beach. <laughs> look, I cooked that healthy meal. You know, I'm like, lean into that. Cause it's always like, oh, I only did, I did that. Oh, uh, 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 you know, uh -huh. I did it. Right. it. Yeah. Right. Telling yourself like, at the, you know, I didn't do the two days that I didn't, you know, get up and walk or the two days that I, you know, chose to show myself grace and compassion and allowed myself to rest uh, doesn't need to overshadow the five days that I busted my ass to make a business. Yeah, exactly. 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 Um, oh, okay. All right. Give me one, one final parting thought of what you think could be, um, one thing that you think is important to, to tell people listening, um, that we haven't covered. What do you think? Oh God. One thing that's so ah. hard, Anne. <laughs> Of course it is. And you know, maybe we'll just bring you back and we'll have another conversation. We'll have a part two. This is just part one, everyone. You're just getting warmed up to Dr. Tamsin Astor. So you're welcome, by the way. Um, oh, goodness me. Yeah. So I think the one thing I'd say is don't try and do 25 habits all at once because it just won't work. So this ties into the keystone habit. If you have any idea, some people have a clear idea of what their keystone habit is. And what I mean by the keystone habit is when you think of the arch, the keystone habit is the one that holds it in place. So if you know that sleeping means that you eat well, means that you sleep, uh, means that you exercise well, means that you are not a shit to your kids, means that you have more resiliency, means that you won't order the pizza takeout on the way home, et cetera, et cetera. Prioritize the sleep and forget about the other things for a moment until you've got that nailed down, right? Mm -hmm. So really make sure that you do the habits that you know serve you, right? So whether it's the habits in your business, as you say, you can't have a business without making offers. It doesn't matter how many fucking gorgeous IG reels you create. <laughs> if you're not reaching out to people and going, hey, can I help you? You yeah. know, what, what's going on? How can I serve you? Right. It's not going to work. Right. If you know that exercising helps you manage your energy, helps you burn off steam and, you know, you're somebody that can manage on shorter hours of sleep because, you know, things are happening. You prioritize that exercise. Right. If yeah. you know that when you eat shitty food, you get bloated and exhausted prioritize those healthy meals. Right. Do the things that, you know, date nights with your husband play dates with your kids, getting your kids, whatever it is that you know that just lights you up and feeds your soul, feeds, feeds your cup. And that from that, you're more likely than for the other habits to follow on. Mm. Try and figure that piece out because that will make your life a lot easier. Yeah. I think that's definitely sleep for me. Yeah. That's interesting. Like if you only have, right. And right now people have maybe a bandwidth that is not what it maybe was pre-pandemic. And so mm -hmm. if you were really going to just um, uh, focus your efforts. Maybe it's just on picking that one that has such a, um, domino effect on the other ones. For me, that's totally sleep. And that makes a thousand percent sense. 
Okay. Tell people how they can reach you. If they're like, oh my God, I want to understand more because I love this Brit. What are they? How do they find you? <laughs> find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm on Facebook a lot. I do videos. I do reels. I have a Facebook group. You can check, come pop into. I do tea with Tamsin every Tuesday at 4 p.m. where I pontificate and drink <laughs> yummy tea out of silly mugs. Um, and then of course you can find my website too, but come hang out and play with me. <laughs> okay. Tell them what is your website? My website is my name, Tamsin, T-A-M-S-I-N, Asta, A-S-T-O-R. Dot com. Okay, fantastic. It's such a joy to um, have you. You're brilliant. I love all of that you have to share. I mean, there's always, I always learn something when I, when we have conversations, I always leave these conversations with a little bit more insight. Um, I love the, the science of it. I love just like if you're going to look at your brain and you want to learn how to outsmart it, which we talk about at Women Who Cultivate, I think this is a fantastic way to, um, to outsmart your brain and to like really use it based on what it, what it does and use it to your advantage. So, which I, I love working smarter, not harder. Yes. So, all right. Very good. Okay. Dr. Astor, thank you so much. And maybe we'll, we'll do a part two here and, uh, have a little bit more of a conversation about how we use habits in our business. I think that might be very supportive to, um, the people who are listening. So, all right, good to see you. And, uh, uh, for those of you who are listening, don't forget if this was helpful for you, leave a comment or a review. And, um, and if you need any more information, don't hesitate to reach out, um, www.anconclacnm.com and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.